Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Talking to you about some of the important statements that Jesus said. And hopefully you'll see him not as a religious person, not as someone who is someone so far away that you can't connect with, but a real person who made real transformative power change in our life so we can live redeemed by his sacrifice. And so here's one of the most important statements that Jesus ever said. In fact, all of it is important, but sometimes we like to pick out a few things. But this is an amazing one, especially poignant for where we are in our season at this time when we remember Resurrection Sunday. And it comes to us from John. John, of course, one of his disciples, writes down these things. And he says in verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Now, That is an amazing statement. It's amazing because you have to understand when Jesus said it, they had no concept of what it was going to mean. We, through the years of hindsight, we can look back through history and go, we know exactly what Jesus is talking about because we see the end of the story. But put yourself in the position of those people when he said it. They had no idea what he actually meant. They thought he was talking about some future thing that when people die, yes, we believe in God and all of us will be resurrected again. But no, Jesus doesn't say it will come. He in fact phrases it. He makes himself the center of focus because he says, I am the resurrection. He doesn't say it's going to be a thing in the future. He says, I am the resurrection. Now, if you understand the story behind why he said this, It's important for us to grasp the context of what was happening. And through the context of what Jesus tried to reveal, we can glean and get some information about what he meant and hopefully help us in our situation as well. Well, Jesus is dealing with many people along his journey. You know, he touched lives, he transformed lives, he changed lives, he healed lives. He made so much vast difference. And one of the few people that he encountered was Mary. Now, Mary had a sister named Martha, and they had a brother named Lazarus. And they became close friends with Jesus. Because Mary, if you know anything about scriptures, was the one that went to Jesus and cried and washed his feet with her tears and wiped it with her hair. And this was the same Mary, right? So Jesus was good friends with them. He would stop by sometimes and chill with them, you know, but... Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were close to his heart. So John tells us what happens. He says to us in verse 1, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Jesus, your friend, is sick. We know you've done marvelous things. You know you've done miracles. You know, we know that you can heal the sick. You can do all these amazing things. Now your friend is 
sick. Would you please come and help? All of us have been in this situation, right? You know someone who's sick. Your loved one, at some point in your life, would have been sick. You can feel the anxiety of that because you think, well, you know, I hope they get better. I love my wife. I love my husband. I love my kids. I don't want them to suffer in this state of sickness. Let's go to the doctor. Let's get some medication. Let's get something to alleviate the pressure of the sickness, right? You know what that feels like. And that's what they felt. Mary Martha, he's sick. Jesus, our healer, our friend, he can help with the situation. He's a physician. Let's get to him. Have you ever received any bad news? Sometimes in your life, something came along unexpectedly. You got a phone call. You got an email. You got a text. It just threw you for your loop. Maybe the job that you love, you're getting made redundant. And you were there for so long and you hope that this will go on for a long time. And they've told you, hey, looks like we're not going to be able to keep you employed. Maybe that marriage that you've been working on and you loved and wanted to invest in is not working out the way you thought it would work out. And you get a call saying, we're through. Bad news. Maybe that close friendship that you had, that you thought would last for a long time, suddenly just fails and breaks down. Maybe as a teenager you get called into the principal's office. Did something. Your university calls and says, you know, we haven't received your payment. All of these things come and take us in a different direction. You know, it's kind of like that. You want some help. You need someone to come along and help you out through the situation. You need some advice. You need some counsel. You need some love. You need some compassion. You need something in the middle of this situation because it's like Lazarus. The one you love is sick. Where do I go for help? Who do I go to? It's interesting that John, who was a disciple of Jesus, who was with Jesus at the time, and Jesus was not in Bethany at the time. He was some distance away. But he got word that his friend was sick. And Jesus, when you look at the scriptures and you look at the text, doesn't seem to be overly concerned. If you got a message saying, hey, your husband, your wife, your friend is sick, you're like, ah, whatever. You wouldn't do that. But Jesus here doesn't seem to be overly concerned because he says, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. He says, yes. He's sick. There's going to be some marvelous things that's going to happen. Then, after hearing that his friend Lazarus is sick, Jesus doesn't pack up. He doesn't say, okay, boys, let's go quickly because my friend is sick. We need to go visit him because, you know, I can heal him. He doesn't do that. He says, let's hang out here for a couple more days. And on the outside, it seems like, hold on, isn't that kind of cold, Jesus? Your friend is sick, but you've decided to hang out here for a couple of days. You know, let's just wait here for two days. The disciples are thinking, hey... What's going on? I thought he was friends, you know. And they go, well, let's go back to Judea. Let's go back there and you can, you know, be with them and you can commiserate with them or you can help them or you can do whatever these things. And they said, 
you know, maybe if you go back there, the Jews are actually seeking to kill you. So that's why you don't want to go back there. That's why you're delaying Jesus. That's why you're hanging out here because you think you might be arrested or in prison. So that's why you're hanging out here. But Jesus says, no, no, no. Lazarus is just fallen asleep. He's just sleeping. There's nothing to worry about. There's no distress. There's no drama. You know, there's nothing to worry about. It's not too urgent. But when I get there, I'm going to wake him up. And the disciples, oh, well, oh that's cool. Well, it's not an emergency then because he's not at, the, at death's door. He's just sleeping. He'll recover quickly. Everything will be well. Everything is kosher. Everything's good. Good. But then Jesus says, no, no, no. Lazarus is dead. You're thinking, but you've waited for two days. Why didn't you go as soon as you heard? Why didn't you rush on over to hear to heal your friend? You were, he was sick. And if you got there, maybe you could have healed him. Why did you wait two days? Why did you hang out here? Now it feels like this is a dead end. You ever been in a dead end situation? Where you thought life was going in this direction and then all of a sudden it just seems to be going nowhere? You thought this job would take you to a higher level but then you got fired? Or you got let go. You thought this relationship was going somewhere and all of a sudden nothing happened. And you're on a dead end. You feel stagnant. And sometimes we end up in a position in life where our views are stagnant because we can't see a way out. We can't see how we're going to get through the situation. We can't see how we're going to progress past this point. We can't see how we're going to get through this financial predicament. We can't see how we're going to get through this difficult marriage. We can't see how we our way through a difficult relationship feels like everything has just come to a stop. And the people around Jesus, at this point, they were not able to comprehend why Jesus didn't come when he should have. And I think a lot of us, sometimes in our walk in faith, have the same question. God, why didn't you heal me when I asked you? Why didn't you show up when I needed you? Why weren't you here when I asked for you? All of us have been in that position, whether we've been a Christ follower for 10 years or a few months. We've asked and we felt that Jesus just delayed. And you can understand their predicament, you can understand their concern, you can understand why they were confused as to what was happening because they knew he was able. You know he's able. And sometimes we have that same question. And so I want to show you the space that exists where we go through difficult situations where it seems like God delays. It seems like we want him to show up yesterday, but he's not there when we want him to. He shows up when he's ready. And oftentimes, it works out better. So, I want to talk to you quickly about the three states of being through the eyes of some of the people around Jesus in this particular situation. Because they looked at Jesus and they began to wonder why. Just like sometimes we do. We look at our situations and we begin to wonder why. 
And that's why the statement that I read before is so poignant and so amazing. Because we are in situations just like this where we ask God and it seems like there's a delay in the answer. And we're left there. And sometimes we're thinking, well, this situation has just gone too far. This situation is dead now. There's no hope for it left. It's dead. It might as well just forget it. Nothing can work out now. Maybe if someone came earlier, maybe if you helped before, something would work out. But now it's just too far gone. And even though these people were with Jesus, they didn't see the way Jesus saw. The scriptures tell us, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. The disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. There's no confusion now. There's no ambiguity now. They wondering, well, why did you wait so long? Well, Thomas, you know Thomas, he's often referred to as Doubting Thomas. Well, he speaks up first because, you know, that's who he is. Verse 16 says, Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us go then that we may die with him. Lazarus is dead. We might as well just go with the, there for the funeral. And if we get caught by the Roman soldiers because they are hunting down Jesus, well, let's also be caught and die because what's the point now? He's already dead, right? So Thomas was dead in his doubts. He was dead in his doubts. He didn't believe any could, anything good can come out of this situation. His view was that, hey, Lazarus is dead. You should have gone earlier. You didn't go earlier. Now we're going to go around into this Roman trap and we're going to get killed as well. So let's just go. Let's just go. Let's just get this over with. Let's just go and die. Ever had spiritual doubts? Ever felt like you're trying to polish your halo and it looks perfect, but inside you're not? On the outside, everyone thinks you're this great person and everything is good. And, you know, people look at you and go, wow, I imagine I want to be like her because, you know, no, she doesn't have any problems in life. It seems like it's just easy for her. Or they look at him and it's just everything is working out fine. There's no issues there. But inside, you're all broken up. You're going through crisis. You've prayed and prayed and it seems like nothing's happened. You've asked, and it doesn't seem like things are working out. You believed maybe growing up, and then all of a sudden you get at this crisis of faith, and you're wondering, what's happening in my world? Maybe you thought because you came to church every Sunday, everything would be easy for you. You'd have no problems in life. It will just be a smooth ride. Turn it on and cruise drive right through. And all of a sudden you get to uni, and you're, it's hard, and you're, you're failing exams, and you know, people don't like you, and all of a sudden things are going difficult, and your school's going a bad way, and the friends that you thought you had turned out not to be the greatest friends. And you're wondering, well, what's happening now? Bad things suddenly happened, but you expected great things, because you thought 
that because you do things the right way, things will just work out well. And most of us know that even though you do good things, not always will good things happen to you. Thomas didn't believe that Jesus could make a difference now because he believed what he saw. And what he saw was that Lazarus was dead. Or what he heard, Lazarus was dead. And sometimes we go by what we see, right? We look at situations go, well, this is just too far gone. It's done. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to handle. I'm just going to stop praying about it even because it looks like God's not answering, so just forget it. Sometimes we go through areas of our life where we think, well, I've been faithful to my friend and they've not been faithful to me, so just forget it. Sometimes we go to our job situation and you think that I've been you know, honest at my job and it seems like they're not treating me well. Or my school and I'm doing work at school and things are not working out the way they should. And, and sometimes we think, well, I heard a promise from God. It just doesn't seem to be happening. Sometimes we get dead in our doubts. The doubts weigh us down because we think that God is not able. We are in that place where Thomas was, that Lazarus is dead and now there's no hope. There's nothing you can do now. We might have a different view because we look through the lens. Thomas had to see to believe. You see this later in his life as well. But Jesus made this amazing statement. Number two, we look through the eyes of Mary. Mary was dead in her discouragement. Sometimes we are dead in your discouragement. You might be dead in your discouragement. Look at what happened. Verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary, well, Mary stayed at home. She wasn't interested in going to meet Jesus anymore because Lazarus was dead. What's the point now? I'm just going to sit here and mourn with the rest of the people. And if you read the story, they had a bunch of mourners come in and they were all mourning and they were weeping and they were crying. And they were making this big weeping ceremony there. They had hired weepers that would come and weep with them. And maybe you've been in this place too where you feel like you're depressed. You're going through depression. You're going through the spiral of life where it seems like nothing is getting better. You're going down and down and deeper. And you always feel like whatever you try, you're not going to succeed. And you think that no one really loves me. No one really cares about me. I'm stuck in this job. I'm stuck in this marriage. I'm stuck in this relationship. I'm stuck in this situation. My dreams are dead. What's the point of life? I'm just discouraged. Mary found herself there. She didn't even want to go and see Jesus. And then you have Martha. When Martha went out of the house, but she had a view of, she was dead in the delay. You have Thomas who was dead in the doubts. You have Mary who is dead in discouragement. And you have Martha who is dead in delay. And you can, you can see her heart. and that, That's what I want you to understand. In the middle of the situation, you can commiserate, you can understand in verse 17, it says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the dead tomb for four days, right? He's been dead. It took him two days to travel. Lazarus, two days, already dead. 
And she says to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's what she says. Martha goes up to Jesus and meets him and says, Jesus, if you were here, he would not have died. Martha believed a certain aspect of Jesus. She believed that Jesus was a healer. That's what her statement means. She believed Jesus, if you came, you would have healed him. He would not have died. I believe in you. I believe that you're the healer. I believe that you're able to do amazing things. I know I've seen you help other sick people, the paralyzed, the lepers. I've seen you heal them. So I know if you came on time, Lazarus would not be dead. You have all of these beliefs looking in on Jesus. You have Thomas thinking this is a you know, dead-end trip. You have Mary who's sunk into depression because her brother's dead. You have Martha who came to see Jesus and said, Jesus, I still believe in you. I believe that you could heal if you just got here a little bit earlier. Lazarus would not have been dead. You know, all of us have felt loneliness, have felt confusion, have felt frustration, have felt the pain of this situation. If God had just done this then, I wouldn't be where I was. If that person had just showed up then, I wouldn't be stuck here. If they just said they would do what they said they would do, I wouldn't be here. Just missed it by that much. It's in the middle of this situation that Jesus reveals who he is. All of this had to happen to reveal who he was. Because they would not have understood if he had just said it. He had to wait to reveal. And so he comes to them at the point after Lazarus has died. And so Mary says, Martha says to him, if you had just been here, Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha answered in verse 24. He says, she says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I know at some future point he will rise again. I have faith in God. It's just you that might be letting me down right now. Because I trusted that you'd show up. I believe that he will be risen again. So will I. So will everyone that believes in God. That's what she's saying. Then Jesus says this amazing statement. And it's, it's in this moment of crisis, in this moment of pain, in this moment of doubt, in this moment of depression, that it makes so much sense and it brings life to dead situations. Because then he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He's not saying there's going to be some future event. He says, they who believe in me will live, even though they will die. And whoever lives by believing me will never die. Do you believe this? He says, yes, I do believe that you'll be able, to, like everyone else, will rise again. But Jesus doesn't say, 
I will help with the resurrection. Jesus doesn't say, yes, things will be resurrected. He doesn't say that. He says, I am the resurrection. What you see before you, Martha, is life complete. And whatever this life touches will bring life to that situation. No matter how dead it seems, no matter how much doubt you have, no matter how much depression you have, no matter what you're going through, I am the resurrection and the life. It's not some future event. You see, Jesus is saying the resurrection is not an event. It's a person. The resurrection is a person in the form of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we think, well, I'm still lonely, you can't help me, but he is a comforter. Sometimes we think, well, I'm in all this pain and suffering, I'm confused, but he is our peace. When we go through financial problems, he is our provider. When we go through broken families, he puts the pieces back together. When we make mistakes, he makes us whole. When we are fallen from our stance in life, he brings us back together. He brings dead things alive. brings dead things alive because he is the resurrection. It's him that makes everything else alive. He doesn't say, I will make it possible. He is the epitome. He is resurrection personified. He is life complete. And so he walks to the grave, right? He walks to the grave where Lazarus is and he says, take away the stone. And they said, well, Jesus, it's been four days, he stinks, right? There, there's a common, there was a common belief in this area that if the guy was dead three days, then the spirit of the person would just hang around. He'll be chilling out. He'll be waiting by the corner for three days. But at the fourth day, the spirit's gone. All right? So Jesus didn't wait three days. He waited four days. Because the common belief in that area was that the spirit of man could hang around for three days. But after four days, there's no way it's coming back. In fact, they said to him, Jesus, he stinks. What that means is the flesh is beginning to decay. The life in our bones, the life in this thing that makes us alive is no longer existent anymore. The flesh is decaying. The, board, the bones are rotting. The human body is beginning to decay. It's falling apart. That's what they're saying. But Jesus said, take the stone away. They roll the stone away. Jesus said in a loud voice, Lazarus, Come out. And at the word of the resurrection and the life, the very natural order of the universe stops and changes course. It goes backwards. The body that was meant to decay begins to resurrect. The life that went out comes back in. The eyes that were glazed over begin to get back life. The lungs that did not breathe for four days begin to breathe. The bones that were rotting begin to take on life. The steps of the man will begin to step right out. At the word of Jesus, the resurrection and the life, the universe changes course. 
because he is the epicenter of everything. He is central to existence. He is the beginning and the end. He is all in all. He is the creator. He is the life sustainer. He is the resurrection and the life. And Thomas's doubts got cast away. Mary's depression got put away. Martha's confusion, she believed that he was a healer, but they had never known that he was the resurrection until this point. It's in Jesus that we find true resurrection. See, all of us have had dreams that we've shelled. We've had hopes that we've buried. There's things in our world that we thought we couldn't resurrect. There's that dream, that vision, that thought, that idea is all dead. But invite Jesus into your life. Invite Jesus into your home. Invite Jesus into your circumstance because he is the resurrection and the life. What you thought was dead, you thought your doubts were there, you thought your depression was there, you thought your feelings were there. Jesus can change because he is the resurrection and the life. He is the one that makes all things new. He was so much so the resurrection and the life that when Roman soldiers got him and killed him and put him in a grave, even his body could not stay dead because he came back alive because he is the resurrection and the life. You can't kill the resurrection. You can't kill, exterminate the one that brings life into the world. You can't push away the one that makes us all alive. The grave can't hold the resurrection. The stone can't block out the resurrection. Nothing can stop the resurrection. And the amazing news for you and I is that if we are in Christ, we are risen with him. Because he is the resurrection and the life. He gives all of us new hope. He gives all of us new life. He gives all of us new dreams. He gives all of us new vision. He gives all of us a new hope. The things that we thought were dead, your past life, your past mistakes, your, your failures, your inadequacies, all of it doesn't matter anymore because when you have the resurrection and the life, He makes all things new. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And what's so important for us as Christ followers is that if Jesus is alive, then you are alive. If Jesus is alive, your future is alive. If Jesus is alive, then you have a future, a point, a destiny, a hope that no one can take away because no one can exterminate the resurrection and the life. So Jesus says, I am. I am. He said it all the way before to Abraham. And he says it now. I am the resurrection and the life. If you put your faith in Christ, you will never fail. If you put your hope in him, it will never die. If you put your hand in his, it will never fail. So all this had to happen to reveal who 
Jesus really was. That even though they thought Lazarus could not come back to life, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Nothing is so far gone in your life that Jesus can't bring back to life. That relationship, that marriage, that situation, that hurt, that pain, whatever it is, Jesus can bring it back to life. And that's why we celebrate the risen Savior. That's why we celebrate Jesus. I have two questions for you before we close. Question number one. Have your doubts got you in a holding pattern? How do you break out based on Jesus' promise? Do you know what a holding pattern is? Usually it's for planes. They come to land, but they're like, the runway is too busy. You're just going to have to stay up there. And they just go round and round and round. They're wasting fuel. They're wasting time, but they're not getting anywhere. Sometimes our lives are like that, right? We're in holding patterns. We're spending time. We're spending energy. But your life is not going anywhere. You're just stuck. It's a big circle. You might have a good view. <laughs> but that's all about it. Your life is not moving forward. So how do you break out of your holding pattern based on the promise of Jesus? Which is, I am the resurrection and the life. What have you let die that you had a hope for and a dream for? And maybe you thought, well, God, you didn't arrive in time because I needed you on this time. But he's like, you know what? I've paused because I'm going to reveal to you who I really am. You thought I couldn't handle this. You thought that if it died, I couldn't bring it back to life. You thought it was gone, dead and gone and buried and now it stinks. But you haven't dealt with the resurrection and the life. So what has been holding you down? Number two, Jesus is the resurrection. How can you allow the resurrection to make your dead dreams come alive? He is the resurrection, right? How do you make your dead dreams and hopes, whatever it may be, maybe you've given up on it, maybe you've thought this will never work out. How did you make those dreams come alive. I'll give you a quick answer. Put your faith in Christ. Put your faith in Jesus. Now for those of you who are here who've never heard this message, I want to encourage you to get to know Jesus. Because he makes a difference in every life. He makes an amazing transformation in the most difficult life. Nothing is so far gone that Jesus can't change it. Nothing is that far out of his hand that he can't bring it back to life. So if you've never decided to follow Jesus, make that decision today. Stand with me. Hello again. And thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message.
I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.